Kelly. And I'm Angie. We're two women on a mission to shed light on life in a small town. From motherhood to friendships. From obstacles to opportunities. We'll wrap it up and serve it to you with a side of sarcasm and laughter. This is Lifestyle Burrito. Hi there. Hello. Hello. So, we had a week off. We did have a week off. We had a week off. Took a little break. I was at the lake. You had a little stomach bug. Yeah. Yeah. We We had a little time to relax. Yeah. I think that was much needed. Not that this is difficult or anything, but just once in a while you need a little break. It's kind of weird how like the summer, even though COVID and like schedules are a little bit less than what they normally are, it still somehow has been like busy, I feel like. Oh, I feel like it has too. Right? For sure. Like I... But I think it's so funny, and this is getting off topic of whatever we're talking about today, all the things <laughs> we're talking about today, but isn't it so funny how, like, if you have one thing planned in the day, it, like, throws your whole oh day off. Oh, my gosh. It's like, it's oh, like, my gosh, now everything so has to revolve around this one one-hour thing right? that I might have to do today. So busy today. We have one hour of ball tonight at 6.30. Right. And then during the school year, it's like, okay, so I'm going to take these 18 things I have to do oh, and jam-pack them into one I hour. Know. It's, it's funny how your perspective changes. Kind of Anyways. unspoiled, right? Side note. A side note, right? Right. Okay. We literally just got to talk to the Paul Ramo. It was super exciting. At the radio station. <laughs> it felt much more official than sitting at the table here. It totally like, did. We had microphones. We did. And- it was super fun. We kind of like got to talk to him. He gave us some super awesome advice about um, our podcast and promoting our what we're doing here and yeah. and he also let us do a little he did a little interview with us on the radio he recorded which was super fun yes so if you listen to q92 make sure you listen to that <laughs> and you should listen to q92 and you should listen to q92 <laughs> you should also um subscribe to paul's blogs too yeah paul's a blogger and that's kind of how we got connected with him because he right away when we started doing our podcast and he found out about it he um, connected with us because he has his blog, mm-hmm. which is different, but the same. Yeah. Um, and he has given us some, first of all, some awesome support right. and encouragement. And then now um, he's really been a good, he's given us some good advice right. and some tips. So, and then we got to talk in the microphone and do a little recording. Right. So it felt super fun. It was super fun. So thank you, Paul. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Paul. Shout out to And Q92. And Q92. Absolutely. Super fun. Um, so speaking of just like what we're doing in life right now, we thought we'd kind of um, talk about a little hot topic today. Yes. <laughs> um, school. School in the fall of 2020. School in the pandemic. Right. Of COVID-19. We have been, both of us as educators and moms have been getting asked, Mm -hmm. what do you think? What is your opinion? Um, Or do you know? Like, Yeah, like we know top secret information that nobody else knows. We don't. No, we don't. (laughs) We don't know anything. Um, But I think, but I think we do both have some opinions or you know have some ideas about what at least what things could look like given the scenarios and what we know about you know kids and classes and right um education so uh we just thought we'd throw throw out what what our thoughts are yeah yeah um so 
last fall or last spring when the pandemic hit <laughs> this is so weird it right it's so weird to say that <laughs> oh it's so but weird it's, it's their truth right um now. yeah it is it's a weird world um when the pandemic hit we went to distance learning everyone in minnesota and it was a change a transition huge transition for everyone mm-hmm. and i think we had a leg up since we're educators right in a sense but we both agreed in kind of talking about this before we started recording here, that something that was super hard for us, us, was that we were educators. Right. So we were teaching our kids, but we were also teaching all of our other kids. Right. Our students. So that was, made it extra hard. And so we can identify with everyone who was doing a job. Right. As well as teaching their kids. Right. Exactly. I mean, even though we were working from home or like I was working from my dad's apartment just to kind of have a little space to work. Yeah. It was really hard to juggle. Right. So we get it. Distance learning is hard. It's, and it's, and it, it's hard to think of our kids not being around their friends. That was a struggle. I know Mm -hmm. I have a couple of mine that are very social and that's their outlet at school is to go and, hang out with their friends and run around the gym, talk at lunchtime, but it was hard at home to not have that same socialization. However, we found ways of making it work. We did FaceTimes and um, things like that, but it was really hard as a teacher to have the constant messaging and the constant I didn't have it as much I teach preschool I we took a break for the most part we had optional packets that the kiddos did and so my families were super but I know a lot of teachers and I saw that side of it and it was intense right and I know we'll kind of talk a little bit more about you know what our opinions are going forward but that is something that gives me anxiety is thinking about being in that model again because as a teacher you are you were working 24 hours a day essentially Absolutely. because it was whenever whenever it worked for parents yep. to be teaching their kids that's when you had to be available and it was really really hard yep. at one point i had to just turn off notifications on my phone because it's just constantly ding 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 right like it started to be like a trigger you know like <laughs> oh yeah right you heard the ding and you were just like and ah. it's like instant anxiety not yep. that i don't want to help people but it's just like there was no break right ever from it and then you know you are done teaching other people other people's kids and then you have to come deal with your own like it's just so yes or yeah in my situation I came back home to it but a lot of teachers were just in their own house yeah right or you were or you were doing your regular job whatever that may have been right and your kids were there and you were trying to juggle all of that it was really hard Mm -hmm. and I mean, I think everyone can agree it was not ideal, and it just... Well, like our... I don't remember if it was our superintendent or somebody said that we've completely had to reinvent teaching absolutely in eight days. Like, yes. how does that even happen? Like, that's not even possible to do. And props, because I think everybody pulled together and did an absolutely fantastic job. Right. Because that is not an easy thing to do, and yes, it wasn't ideal for... A lot of students, but I think, I mean, kids got out of it 
what they could and mm-hmm. it was made the best of what we had. So right. I will say that one thing that I, I really actually enjoyed is, so I'm a special ed teacher. So I think some of my students really flourished in this setting because they are so much more comfortable being, being on their, their own house yeah. or being on electronics, you know, like sure. it worked, that worked well for them. And I don't generally get one-on-one time with my students sure. when you're in a classroom full of yeah, you know, nine paras and thirteen other kids, or yeah. whatever it is. It was nice to have that one-on-one time with them, even Absolutely. if it was over a computer. So there, there were some right. okay things. Obviously, it's not the yes. ideal situation, but you could find some right. silver I mean, lining. In silver it. lining for sure. We all got more family time. Like right, life slowed down, which is probably what ninety percent of the families in this world needed, and it was super nice to just have some time together and people were doing puzzles and reading books and eating dinner together. And I think that was definitely a silver lining for sure. Right. And way more important than anything they were learning in their books or on their Chromes or whatever. So keep that in mind. Kids are learning a lot more than just schoolwork too. Right. They're learning, yeah, life and coping skills is really what they have to learn from watching. So important. Okay. So you've probably heard there's the outlook for fall is three scenarios. So our three scenarios are in-person, hybrid, and distance learning Mm -hmm. is what we as educators, school districts are to be prepared for. Right. So let me just preface that by saying it is summer. Technically teachers are not on contract right now and they are preparing for these three scenarios that may or may not happen. So we're working and we are not supposed to be working right now. Right. (laughs) And we're doing work that we may not even use And it's just, it's overwhelming and it feels like a lot. And like, I just want everyone to remember how hard teachers are working right now and how much everyone wants whatever the outcome is, whatever scenario we end up with to be as good as it can be. Right. The best that it can be. So in person, first scenario. Okay. Yes. Let's talk in person. In person. I have a hard time sharing my personal opinion about things. Because I don't want, like, like you kind of said, and we've talked, like, there is not a good solution to this. There's no good answer. There is no good answer. And I know some people have strong opinions either way. Right. So don't take offense to our opinions. It's no, just my pers- just like a personal opinion as yep. an educator and also as a mom. Yeah. I, th- I want to be in, I want to be in person. So, so much. Because so much. as a special education teacher, it is near impossible to make any gains with my students when I can't see them and right. when I can't be with them. Right. It's, it's very, very, very hard yes. to do. And that was a struggle that I had during the distance learning is that they weren't making the gains that I wanted to. Were they right. making gains? Yes. Were something super successful? Yes. But it, it wasn't what it should have been. Right. The thing that I worry about with in-person is if we're wearing masks all the time. Yes. That's hard on kids. It's hard on adults, too. And I I applaud everybody that has to do this all day long because I had to go with my daughter to an appointment in the cities yesterday and had to wear a mask for three hours. And I was going crazy. Right. You know, and then I could take it off for, you know, when I left, whatever. But 
I think that would be hard on kids, and it yeah. just seems like the guidelines that would have to be in place right. are ridiculous. So we're talking, if kids are in school in person, some of the requirements would be possibly masks, mm-hmm. possibly partitions, like desk partitions, so they're not, you know, as close to each other, they're not, like, there's something separating them from the person next to them, Um Possibly not eating lunch in the lunchroom. They're eating lunch in their classroom. Possibly not playground time, recess, or specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, just being basically in their classroom, so they're staying in one area the whole day. With and the I same feel like people. I did hear that recess would be okay. Okay, outside because it's outside. Got it. Yes. So I feel like that, but I could have maybe just heard that Absolutely. from somebody. You know, it doesn't matter. And Anyways. Grace all around because things are literally changing like every minute. So there's always like a new thing. So, I mean, these are some of the things we're talking about. So you have to think about like what that would look like for your child or, you know, and maybe for a sixth grader compared to a first grader. Right. Might be very different having to wear a mask all day and stay in a room all day. and Well, and plus... Obviously, I know there's all these really smart people that are trying to figure this out. Absolutely. But what do you do when a teacher, if a teacher gets it? Right. Does the whole school shut down? Does this, that one classroom not come to school anymore? You know, like, it's just like that. I just, that's my one worry about being in person is that we will just constantly be shutting down, opening back up, shutting down, opening back up. Right. Because eventually it's going to be here. It's not really that prevalent in our area right now. But that's not reality that we won't that we won't have it. Sure, we'll definitely have more cases. You know? And I just think that's the thing that's overwhelming to me is that like, as a parent, I see that being very hard on my children. Mm-hmm. I like one of my daughters in particular doesn't handle change well, so yeah. that back and forth and not having a schedule would be really hard. And as a teacher with anxiety, I I think that would throw me over the edge. Yes, like not. Not ever knowing what I'm going to be doing. Schedules would be constantly changing then. Okay, we're going to be gone for two weeks, then we'll be back. And and then poor, and then everybody else's parents, like when you work a full-time job, then you have to somehow try and figure out how to make sure that your kid is on Zoom at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when Correct. you're driving with them. And so you don't have like a consistent care of your child. Right. Right. So that's another thing to think about in the in-person model is we're saying in-person, but how long is it actually going to stay in person. Right. Because right. the reality is we'll probably have to dial back. Right. Eventually. And yeah. I know um well my sister has a, a friend that's a teacher in a different state, but they talked about starting in person and then closing sure. from like November to January. Sure. Like during that during the holiday Holidays, season, during yeah. that really big cold flu season time yeah. just not even being well not closing but distance learning during yeah. that chunk of time. Correct. Okay, interesting. Anyways. Okay, so I think that covers in-person for now. We'll come back in a second and talk hybrid. Yes, we should take a quick little break so I can take a drink of my Diet Coke. Mm. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay, and I think we left off at hybrid in our three-scenario talk. Situation, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so hybrid would be a situation, like you said, where we're doing like an A-B day, half the kids go on an A day, half the kids go on a B day, mm-hmm. and then on the day you're off, you are 
distance learning or doing homework or something along sure. those lines. Yes. yes. So you're is my understanding of the correct. hybrid model. Yeah. Correct. So you're in person learning one day and then you're at home learning the other day. Yes. Going back and forth. And however that would look at your school, whether right. it's and I know, two like, days I on, feel, two days off or whatever. I'm part of this like Facebook teacher group or whatever. And I feel like some people are interpreting that differently too. Like, well, the high schoolers would distance learn. The elementary students would like, that would be the hybrid. Oh, okay. And then be able to spread out in the school, in the school. But then you run into who's teaching all these kids. Oh yeah. You know, right. like, yeah. It's a great idea in theory, but then who's, you'd have to hire more teachers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because you just still have the same amount of kids, but in yeah. more classrooms. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think, a big thing is there's all these great ideas, but... The logistics are tricky. Yeah, so hard. And so, I know... And I know. the money, the finances of all of it, too, is like... Well, insane. We have to... School districts that already don't have a lot of money are having to spend money, a lot of money, on extra cleaning supplies and mm-hmm. PPE and, yeah, extra staff. So there's that. If we do a hybrid or a in-person, someone's going to have to temp at the door. So how long does that take to get all the students in the school? Right. If you're stopping everyone to temp at the door different Um, interesting and different and yeah so hybrid would be a mix of both and I think both of our feeling on that is it would be extremely hard schedule wise right it would be extremely hard I don't think necessarily maybe it would be as a teacher it I mean all of these situations are hard none of them are easy but I don't know if that would necessarily be the hardest because there would be a consistent schedule at least. I mean, obviously, if there was a case, you'd probably have to shut down. But you're right. It would be consistent at least. Yeah. I think the hard part as a teacher would be that you're planning for distance learning as well as in-person learning. So you're planning curriculum for in the classroom as well as having to prepare for your students that are not in the classroom. Right. So it's like... And I just feel like for a lot parents... You know, like, I'm in a good situation where, like, we have grandparents... Yes. That... Could help. That can help or whatever, but some people don't have that. And yep. then what are you doing for daycare for your kids? Right. On those off days. Off like, days. it just seems... Because then that's more money coming out of parents' pockets, too, yep. to try and figure that out. Or you're hiring a nanny to be at their house. That's something yep. that we've talked about if it... If we go back into distance learning, we might have to hire somebody Someone. to come and, and work with my kids because it's not yeah. fair for them to have to do it at 6 o'clock at night. Right, right. Absolutely. And if you're just going to send them to a daycare anyways, well, then they might just be, might as well just be in school. Right. If there's going to be in a daycare or a childcare setting with several other right. kids, like they would be in school. Right. So that's tricky there too. Yeah. The hard part, I think, about hybrid is that it's it's a lot of scheduling and it's a lot of curriculum, rigmarole, and um, it's a lot of trying to figure out, okay, this family we need to have on the same day. And what, right, yeah, and that's something, too. Yeah, figuring out families. Transportation and... Which in-person transportation would be tricky, too, because you have a very limited amount of kids that can be on a bus. For sure. So, you know, that might mean 
school starts later, yeah. ends earlier because you have to be transporting all these kids. Yeah. And what do you do what do you do with the kids that get there right away while they're waiting for the kids right. that get picked up last? Right. You guys, there's so many hard things. <laughs> Clearly we are not solving any of these things. So hopefully we're not just like boring you with our personal opinions I about all of this. We're just like there's like things are coming out of my mouth like that I've never even thought of before. I, okay, so here's my thought on that. As a teacher, and it being summer, yeah. I honestly have tried to not think of some yeah. of these things because if you go down that rabbit hole, I know. you will go crazy. I know. So there, usually I have anxiety about everything, but that's one thing that I've tried to tell myself is that I don't personally, I can't change it. Right. Whatever the outcome is, yeah. I can't personally change it, so we right. just have to adapt to whatever it is. And besides the fact that we've had to write preparedness plans and write waivers and write, you know, um, how we're going to work out these three scenarios. And if you work in a district, then somebody's doing that right. for you. right. But um, besides having to do those, there is no sense in having anxiety about it because we don't know what it's going to be yet. And until we do, it's, it just is what it is. We mm-hmm. just have to wait, wait and right. see, which is hard. So the last option is just a full distance learning option, which is what we did in the spring. And right. um, the benefit to that would be we've done it. Right. Sort of. We, I mean, we got started. We kind of worked out some kinks, maybe. That's what I was going to say. I feel like kind of towards the end, I found a groove for myself personally. But then the problem was my students were like so over it. Yeah. And so done. By the time I was finding a rhythm, yeah. they're like, peace out. Right. I'm over this madness. Don't want to do it anymore. But... You would be able to start again this fall with at some least some idea, idea yeah. or like knowing how I might want to do things differently yep. or, you know. Yep. So, and my perspective on distance learning, I personally, I do like the idea of distance learning for most students. I think it's the easiest as far as schedules. I think it's the easiest as far as keeping everything consistent. I think it's the easiest financially for districts. I think it's hard. It's going to be hard for families, obviously, especially if you have commitments, uh, careers outside the home, those kinds of things. But we made it work one time, and it's not forever. I think we can pull together and we can do it again. However, where I get stuck is like my little. So I teach preschool, and distance learning does not work for preschool. No. no. <laughs> um, so unless we can be in school and and thankfully, I teach in a private preschool, so we can say we're not, you know, going to wear masks and we're going to be playing with the same toys that other kids are playing with and we're going to be um, not as careful about just social distancing, those kinds of things. But um, that is the only way to do early childhood because... Oh, 100%. They, I even think, like, kindergarten and first absolutely, grade. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those... Those littles, like under age eight, they have to be seeing facial expressions and they have to be, I mean, half of their learning is problem solving and, you know, spending time with other kids, working things out and friendships. I just, it's really hard for me to picture how that would all be beneficial to them with PPE and social distancing and... right. 
So the academics of it would be fine. Mm-hmm. But an in-person model would be hard. Um, but at the same time, um, for the really littles, doing a distance learning is impossible. Right. For, it just it's not impossible, but it's very hard um, with really little ones to do. I mean, I can send home alphabet worksheets. And right. <laughs> lots of activities, ideas, and stuff like that. But then I but, think that you might get a lot of parents, too, that just will opt out of preschool then. You know, like, sure. they just won't. For sure do preschool because and that's where I say it's about that socialization is, yes and that is just fine and you read a book with your kiddos and you let them help you cook supper at night and mm-hmm. you know and that's learning too in a different right in a different way that's to me just as beneficial when you're little like that but it's so hard because there's just so many different like aspects and all these different age groups and right. Well, and okay. So we were talking kind of on our break about how, you know, maybe this is just a year of, you know, like it's a year of, of nothing of change of, we aren't expecting so much from our students kinds of things. And, um, you know, it's easy to say then they're all in the same boat. Like if we're doing distance learning, they're all in the same boat. But I struggle with that because that's not it's at not, all true. Right. Because each family is has a different story and a different lifestyle right. and a different Yes, situation. they are all getting the same education, but... Opportunity. Opportunity, yeah. but reinforcement and attendance to those things. Right. Like that is different in each family situation. Right. Yeah. However, like you said, it is one school year mm-hmm. and even if we are in school it's still not gonna be normal normal and no. it's still not gonna be a hundred percent right you know so it's I think it's like you said that's a good way to look at it like we just have to all have a lot of grace right and just take it with a grain of salt and it's just gonna be different and it's gonna be a year of maybe Focusing on some other things and not so much on academics. I think it's a good time to teach not only your students, but your children, like life problem solving skills. For sure. Like you said, coping skills. Like how you're coping with change. Yes. Because there's a lot of things that we don't know could could happen this year. And we are like their number one role models. So it's important Mm -hmm. that we as educators and parents are thinking of that as we're reacting to news and reacting to decisions that we are positive and I think somebody shared something about that on Facebook like whatever the decision is read about it on your own or listen to it on your own that is good advice and then you know compose yourself before you talk to your kids about it because regardless like I said earlier there is literally nothing that we can do once a decision's kind of been made we just have to make the best of it make the best of it and whether or not we agree with that decision, we shouldn't put that on our kids. No. Like, we just should just say, this is the way that it is this year, yep. and it's going to be so great, regardless of what it it's is. It's going to be so great. I think that's that's awesome. Like, I love what you just said, because I think that's important, that we put that, like, positivity spin on it, and mm-hmm. let our kids know that we can make lemonade out of lemons. Right. And, final note, thank a teacher. Because teachers are, like, doing super awesome things right now and working way long, crazy hours. Right. And there are some that are, like, have come up with these phenomenal ideas. I am not 
that person no. like in like situations <laughs> like this like exactly. I'm not the one that's going to be like I've come up with the greatest way to distance learn I'm no. just going to be like how are we going to get through this but there Let's are survive. some amazing people that are that yes. are able to figure these things out and For just sure. be so good at it and even just the just the teachers that are surviving are still doing amazing above and beyond things so thank a teacher is that that's our end message that's it thank a teacher thank a teacher and have a good day (laughs) peace out peace out thanks for listening be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform For more information on this episode and future discussions, check us out on Facebook at Lifestyle Burrito or Instagram at Lifestyle.Burrito.